morning, everybody. I'm Eureka John, and you're at Eureka Street Crypto Podcast. If you're listening on Spotify and Apple Play, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and all that, um, if you're on YouTube, um, I guess it's just Eureka. I used to call it Eureka Street Crypto Hub back in the day when I first started, but I don't know. It's not really a hub. It's just me and my video blog. So there's no big hub of. I guess maybe it's a hub of different. Uh, projects that I'm looking at. I don't just look at one particular project, you know, like I'm not just an Ethereum maxi or a Bitcoin maxi. I look at a lot of different stuff. Um, so, ah, yeah, all right. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is my morning video blog, AKA brain dump. And I do this just about every morning and uh, it's five, what time is it? 609 in the morning on a Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. This month is almost over this short, quick month. I just got back from Ethereum Denver last week. Um, and I also did the live streaming for the Dow Denver conference. For It's the first year that it's been done. And it was um, two days before Ethereum Denver. So, yeah, I've learned a lot from there. And um, I've learned a lot about AV stuff. I've learned a lot about DAOs and, and you know Ethereum and you know crypto and yeah, just networking in the whole industry as well i mean that's a whole big thing as well you know you get to hear hear and see people from all walks of life and uh you know i mean of course everybody is you know focused on the cryptocurrency industry and everybody is enthusiastic about it um and it seemed like a lot of the tribalism was really um you know put aside for that conference which i think is cool you know because there is a lot of tribalism in cryptocurrency you know, tribalism, meaning, you know, everybody having their own little are super enthusiastic about their own little project, a pet project or whatever that they like. And um, yeah, uh, people become maxis in that and think that that's the only way to go. And then you find some people that like support these these weird I don't know, altcoins, and they become so loyal and faithful to it. And they're like, I'm going to hold and never cash out. And you're like, why would you never cash out, man? It's like, you know, in the point, I mean, yes, I, I'm into this for the tech, right? Okay. But I also still want to do well off of it and make a product and make, make a profit, you know, um, just like people go into business, you know, and a lot of times people want to go into business into something that they like and that they don't mind doing, that they enjoy doing, um, and they, they're in that for the tech. But at the same time, they want to pull a profit and live a good life and, you know, be able to support their families and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing here. Um, anyway, yeah, this is not financial advice, um, and I'm not here. It's not educational video, and I'm not here shilling anything. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, just me and my video blog talking about my crypto progress. So let's look at the old coin gecko and see what we have going here. Mind if I give this a little refresh from all this blood in the streets on a Tuesday? Um, yeah, so uh, let's see if, it, if the situation has improved any. And I think it has. I, I kind of halfway looked at you know my my uh, um, Zerion wallet and CoinGecko this morning um, while I was laying in bed before I got out of bed. Oh yeah, okay. So it has improved a little bit. So Bitcoin at three up three point five percent to thirty eight thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars. Ethereum up 5.3% to $2,726.44. Tether down 0.2%. Okay, that's a stable coin. Yeah, why don't I even look at Tether? Okay, Binance um, up 4.6% to 380.69. USD is another stable coin in fifth. XRP up 4.7 to 73 cents. Cardano up 8.1% to 93 cents. 
Um, Solana up 8.4% to 92.17. Terra up 13.8% to 58.99. Avalanche up 13%. I'm, I keep telling you guys that Avalanche, if you're one of those arbitrage traders and stuff like that, that really just are just a trader, not arbitrage, they're just a trader that really loves to capitalize on the difference between days, even hours, whatever. Avalanche is probably the one for you. Um, I do own some Avalanche. Um, I just uh, don't, I just let it sit there. I, uh, I let everything sit there. I, I don't really trade around. It's just not my shtick. Um, but uh, some people are good at it, you know, and trading, I mean, the, the best way to succeed in the cryptocurrency space is to buy and hold, you know, and to hodl, as you know, the, the crypto heads say, uh, and it's not, it doesn't stand for hold on for dear life, um, even though it kind of fits it, but that's not how it came about. It came about um, by somebody, I believe it was either Reddit or Twitter back in the early days of cryptocurrency of Bitcoin. And the person was drunk or something. And they were talking about, you know, uh, you know screw selling and I'm just going to hodl you know, and or whatever, I'm just going to keep hodling. I don't know. It was something like that. And he spelled hold wrong. And somehow, and you know, meme culture, it just caught on. Then everybody just started saying hodl, meaning that they're going to hold their Bitcoin. And then from then on, it just continued forward and it gained momentum. Now it's just the official word for hold to hodl. And uh, other offshoot words have come about from that, like Biddle to build. Um, they had just had Biddle week um, the week before ETH Denver. So, yeah, you know, um, it's interesting because you can never predict the future, you know, and everybody, anybody that tries to create legibility out of the future. And this is what institutions and centralized entities try to do. They they want to create predictability and legibility. They want control. They want power. And uh, all that happens by, um, well, even in uh, the early days of the Old Testament Bible, um, and they they even you know said i believe it was in uh judges or leviticus or whatever they they said you know that that god did not like the census you know i obviously i'm paraphrasing it but the the census what that represents it represents a top down control and alleg creating legibility out of something that is completely organic and tribal um so yeah uh i don't know i see i just went off on a tangent didn't i um but yeah, so what the point is, is something like HODL comes about and it's like some kind of weird mistake and then it turns into culture and then now you see it kind of as an official word on websites and everything like that. Hey, what's up, Trust1878? Uh, he says, I think it was from a Bitcoin chat forum post. Okay, yeah, I, I've read it before and I've seen the history. It's just one of those things that just pass in one ear and out the other ear as you're just studying this stuff. But I know that it came from some kind of drunk post on a forum and uh, yeah, it just caught on. And the point is, is you can never predict what will catch on, what memes will catch on, what parts of culture will catch on and will be so uh, funny or or um, revolutionary in one generation. And then the next generation, it becomes canon and, and, and authority. So, <laughs> yeah. Never discount the most ridiculous crap that you see nowadays because in the next generation that could be considered canon and authority. So that's just one lesson learned here. And this is why this is why um, uh, top down centralized structures will never win, you know, and, and people trying to create control out of all this. So this is why I always have hope every single day um, that 
the CBDC won't be, you know, the the way of doing things and why we won't end up in dystopia in the future. You know, so this is why I do have some hope in the future because I have hope in these quirky little things like the birth of the word hodl, you know. So anyway, trust eighteen seventy eight says, when you get a moment, can you please let me know what you think of the new breed of dexes like Polkadex? Um <laughs> yeah, I mean there's a lot of different dexes coming out on a lot of different blockchains. Phantom as well. Um you know, Avalanche has Trader Joe and Pangolin. I'm I'm have I'm providing liquidity on Pangolin. Um, yeah, I mean I like them, and I think they're you know a great place to be able to provide liquidity and stuff like that. I don't really know that honestly that much about them, um, especially Polkadex. I've I really need to get in to check out Polkadot. Um, that's another thing that I've really just kind of somehow not really touched on much. Um, but, uh, you know, Gavin Wood, I believe, um, was one of the founders of Polkadot. And, I mean, the dude's a freaking genius. So, you know, I definitely need to check into it. And, uh, you know, if he's one of the, the main actors behind Pol- uh, Polkadex, then, yeah. Um, but, I mean, Polkadot, for some reason, seems to incur a lot of hate. And I don't know why. So, I, I mean, they were one of the first people to do all these parachains and stuff like that. So, you know, huh. I don't know. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, let's see here. So yeah, I was talking about top-down centralized structures wanting to create a census and account for everybody and everything to create legibility and organic societies, you know, and, uh, you know, that's kind of basically, um, colonialism. And what do you need in order to fight against that? Um, you need privacy. And as we move into digital cash, And we move into, you know, first of all, people say, well, we're already at digital cash. You know, everywhere I go, I just, you know, swipe my card and it's okay. What difference does it make, you know, to use something like Bitcoin or, you know, whatever other type of cryptocurrency? It makes a huge difference um, because everything that you do is tracked and traced. And um, when you when it goes through a centralized structure, instead, Bitcoin is basically like cash. It's like that $20 bill you can give to the kid to mow your lawn. Uh, although a lot of those kids charge more now because of the 7.5% inflation. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's it's really important to have that. Well, I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, that's like the worst argument. It kind of pisses me off, honestly. But uh, yeah, uh, Trust1870 says Polkadot ecosystem is a sleeping giant, maybe. And I wouldn't doubt Polkadot's a sleeping giant. You know, a lot of these are because there's a lot of, I don't know how private Polkadot is. Um, and a lot of people say Ethereum is centralized. But the point is, is that they aren't uh, a, a central bank digital currency. So uh, that's one step of the way. You know, it is an alternative way. Uh, there are a bunch of independent nodes on each of these networks, and they don't answer to a centralized node. So um, some are more centralized than others. I mean, for instance, Bitcoin has like 14,600 and something nodes. You know, Ethereum has, a, a, I, last time I looked, I think it was like, I can't remember. It was like 4,500 nodes, maybe 6,000 6, nodes. I don't know. Uh, Solana was only like uh, 1,200 nodes uh, that I believe. Um, so I don't know how many nodes Polkadot has. Um, but either way, they still are trying to decentralize, but that some of them give and take on decentralized um, for scalability and you know, so I don't know, um, and speed. So 
Um, so privacy is, is really important. Um, so I, I came across this thread here uh, about Tornado Cash. And if you don't know, Tornado Cash is, is a way to do a transaction, run it through the Tornado Cash um, uh, platform, and then it will mix up a bunch of addresses and uh, it makes your transaction untraceable. And, and like I said, people that say, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. I mean, that's just to me kind of an ignorant perspective, you know. Um, so here's a thread here. He's, uh, I guess, 0x Cacti. I need to follow this dude. Um, all right. I will follow 0x Cacti. Follow me too, uh, Eureka John, the number one. Um, so I've seen a bit of Tornado Cash hate recently. This is ridiculous. There are many reasons other than crime that a person would want privacy. Here's a short list. All right. So let me go through some of these, and these are really good arguments. Um, um, individuals with large amounts of crypto are subject to social engineering schemes. And I talked about social engineering um, a couple episodes back while I was at the hotel. And social engineering is basically just a fancy word for con artists. You know, it's it's not, it's a hacker that, um, you know, the, like, for instance, those that couple and that ridiculous razzle con um, female rapper, with her boyfriend, uh, Ilya, I can't remember his last name. Um, they somehow were the hackers of Bitfinex or they bought, they bought the, um, the, that Bitfinex Bitcoin that was hacked, but it, was, it ends up nowadays being $3.6 billion worth of Bitcoin. Now, do I believe that they are the hackers? I don't believe that they sat there on their computers and just coded away and, you know, were able to, to get that by like a hard hack. However, she apparently wrote Heather Morgan, um, Rattlecon, the rapper, wrote the book on so on on how the basics of social engineering. I mean, she wrote a book on it. And so, you know, social engineering is basically uh, I saw some video or, or I listened to some Spotify account um, and somebody demonstrated how you can hack without ever knowing a line of code. And you go into a bank, and he made up an, a badge that showed his his uh, you know his, his employment in the place. Walked in with a sense of authority, you know, just walked straight on back to the coffee in the back room. And the guy didn't steal anything, but he proved how he could get back there. And then he acted like he was an IT guy, went to the computers, and was able to like just plug in a hard drive or um, a um, a little card. And then, you know, it shows, ha, you got hacked, you know, and he was able to prove that he could do that. And that's through social engineering. That's that's basically being a con artist. It's like Fletch. If you remember that old movie Fletch, you know, the Chevy Chase or like Office Space as well, you know, uh, Ron Livingston's character. And they go and they, you know, with uh, Samir Nayananajad. Why do I remember his name and not Ron Livingston's character's name? But they end up passing the disc back and forth to each other after they get drunk and talk about some way that they could basically skim off the top of some microtransactions from Inatech. And uh, and then they end up going in the office, passing the discs back and forth to each other covertly um, after he gets promoted. And then um, Samir Nayananajad or Michael Bolton plugs in the disc to the computer. And then while the three of them sit there and wait, um, Ron Livingston's character goes and checks the ATM the next day, and he had apparently stolen like $500,000 or something like that because a decimal was in the wrong place in the code. <laughs> so, I mean, but all that is social engineering. You hack without actually using code to hack. So um, 
so uh, anyway, back to the point. Individual large amounts of crypto are subject to social engineering schemes. Um, Thomas G. Eth uh, just put out a great thread about this. I'll have to check that out. Thomas G. Underscore Eth. Okay, I'm going to follow this dude and go check that out. Um, but for the meantime, I'm going to read this thread. You can use Tornado Cash to separate to, to separate de-link your online identity from your wallet. This makes it much harder to be targeted. Um, and then the second part of the thread says it's really uncomfortable when your friends ask you for your money for money. Yeah, it is. You know, um, obviously, I'm well, I haven't really been in the position to have a ton of money for a bunch of people to ask me for money. But, you know, <laughs> so you can use Tornado Cash to move funds from a large wallet that you want to keep secret to a more public wallet to make sure that your friends don't know how much you hold in the original wallet. So the blockchain is transparent. And if somebody knows your Ethereum address, you know, especially like you know, my Ethereum address is Eureka John um, dot ETH. You know? So if somebody wanted to go look in there and that one wallet, I mean, I have like 10 wallets, but I mean, they could look in there and they could see what I have, you know, and they could be like, yeah, well, you know, and people do that with celebrities all the time, especially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people have posted what Mark Cuban holds, you know, and, you know, they sit there and say well mark cuban holds xyz coin so we all need to buy xyz coin when it was probably just airdropped into his address um but anyway if you don't want people trying to bum money from you because they looked in your ethereum wallet and be like i know you have you know twenty thousand eth you know you can spare an eth for your brother can't you you know um well you can run it through tornado cash and then you know it'll end up going to a wallet that nobody knows about all right so um, so then the third point, you might not want people to know where certain streams of income are coming from. Let's say that you work for several DAOs or have several digital identities. You can use Tornado to anonymously condense balances from multiple wallets into one. And uh, that, that seems pretty handy, too. All right. And then F you, I'm allowed to have privacy. <laughs> the I don't have anything to argument sucks. I don't want some random government worker reading the texts I send to my loved ones, and I don't want some random people being able to track my wallets. And that goes for you too. You miss you CIA person probably watching me right now, <laughs> or FBI. I don't know. Uh, but uh, you know, you, yeah, you, you won't see much, honestly. Uh, you know, <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, maybe some low-level, you know, crypto transactions, a couple dirty websites occasionally. Um, so um, anyway, so you could already do all these with sexes and uh, with uh, centralized exchanges. It's <laughs> with sexes um, without benefiting crime to the same degree that tornado does. Um, which is why the steel main arguments about balancing tests between rights to privacy versus law enforcement and deterrence organizations adequately. Organizations adequately demanding fighting subpoenas, etc. And okay, also this really applies to um, the Canadian trucker movement going on right now. And I don't care where your stance is on the Canadian trucker movement, but the fact that they are freezing accounts. First of all, um, GoFundMe. The people were trying to do GoFundMe, the Web two um, site, to where you can contribute to anybody who runs a campaign on it um gofundme froze the donations and then they were threatening and they were trying to take those donations and give them to other donation platform or other other donation uh projects that they found suitable which was i mean that that's like beyond criminal to me honestly um but uh they ended up uh i believe refunding back that money and to the people trying to donate 
And then there was another one. Uh, what was the other one? I can't remember the name of the other website. Um, but that one apparently got hacked. Um, and uh, they showed the hacker, you know, online and the guy. I don't know if that person was really the hacker or not, but uh, he was pretty outlandish and looked like a complete wacko. Um, but um, yeah, so that failed too. Um, so this gives the case for Bitcoin. It gives a case, a strong case for cryptocurrency. It gives a strong case for privacy. Um, and uh, Justin Trudeau and, and the Canadian government were saying that they were gonna, they were freezing the bank accounts of people that have contributed to the Canadian trucker protests and everything like that. Um, I mean, it's a sad day for freedom in Canada for sure. And this is this right here. I mean, they've actually pulled the the curtain back kind of early and everybody's kind of waking up to what is going on and what has been happening you know and people are just now starting to understand you know how all blockchain is linked to this passport the the, the vax passport and all that type of stuff linked to bank accounts linked to social credit system and people are just now starting to realize this you're like oh, i've been knowing this since like early 2020 you know so um i don't know it's just <laughs> yeah but you know you can't make people feel stupid about uh, at what point they start to understand this type of stuff um everybody is on their own pace um but uh yeah. Um, anyway, back to privacy. So this really strengthens the case for privacy and learning how to use a lot of these cryptocurrencies effectively to how to avoid centralized exchanges, um, how to um, uh, custody your own your own uh, private keys. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Down, let's look at some of these responses here. Um, if only if privacy is outlawed, only outlaws wild privacy. Uh, I agree with all the points made here. Nonetheless, tax evasion and scams are far more important issues than these quality of life points, in my honest opinion. Or in my opinion, he didn't even say honest opinion. Um, I, I okay, yes, tax evasion, sure, uh, money laundering, and all that stuff. You know. So somebody says, so preventing the tax evasion of a few is worth sacrificing the privacy and freedom of many. Serious tax evasion should be prevented, but innocent people shouldn't be punished in order to do so. And the amount of serious tax evasion that happens, um, I, you know, to cur curtail everybody's privacy because there are a few really crooked individuals doing tax evasion is not the right way to do that. Um, so let's, there are other ways to crack down on the serious tax evaders other than curtailing everybody's sense of privacy, you know? Um, so let's look and see what the rest of this thread says, because I'm, I'm, uh, curious about this. Somebody says in an ideal world, we would have both, but since our world is not ideal, we have to choose and prioritize. In an ideal world, you wouldn't be thinking of tax and envision. They obviously it's a um, spelling error. In ideal world, are you still paying taxes? Uh, somebody says it's better to catch criminals, people who are taking off with millions with rug pulls and so many more crimes because people want to hide what they were doing with with, with their money. Uh, WTF, you you got to hide. See, there that's a whole what do you have to hide thing. Yeah, I want to catch rug pullers, but at the same time, you got to learn how to educate. You got to educate people, you know. And that's that's the the funny thing is is people want a government system to try to step in and take care of everything for them. You know, um, 
I know a lot of people have baggage with churches and stuff like that. And the church at one point was integrated with the state and uh, the church was authority on all things truth. That is no longer the case. Um, One benefit of the church is that it has, in a lot of cases, stepped in where people donate their money through church programs to be able to help feed people and clothe people and house people and get people on their feet without going through a government entity. Um, And people end up taking care of each other if you just give them a chance. And I believe the same thing uh, as well when catching a lot of these criminals, you know, so and a lot of these rug pulls, the crypto community, if you haven't noticed, if you are a bad actor in the crypto space, uh, crypto Twitter will find out real quick and word spreads around and everybody um, cancels, <laughs> cancels the bad actors. A lot of times now they throw the baby out with the bathwater and they will throw, they will cancel cancel the good people, too. But um, if you are a bad actor in the crypto space, if you're rug pulling, if you're rug pulling projects, um, I've seen uh, a thread about some, I believe it was Crypto Whale, um, that was going around with all these different identities and was posting all this um, uh, stuff that wasn't correct. And uh, he ended up getting doxxed. And um, you know, he was also rug pulling people as well. And the crypto community caught up with him and caught him. So that's what happens. And it's unofficial. You know, the government is the official way to do it. We need the government to protect us. But communities and people are very powerful when you give them a chance and they do things through unofficial channels um, in order to to right wrongs in society. And I know that's not what a lot of people want to hear. They want data. They want you know black and white facts and you know, data points and everything like that to back things up. But that's kind of the little fluffy, uh, squishy things in life that you can't predict. Just like at the beginning of the video, I talked about hodling. You know, you can never tell the future because you never know what will catch on and become a part of the culture. Um, so anyway, let's take a quick look at the Tornado Cash website. Um, so yeah, the Tornado Cat. They have Tornado Cash Classic and Tornado Cash Nova. Tornado Cash Classic is a fully decentralized protocol for private transactions on Ethereum. Um, there's a few mirrors you can you can uh, get it from. Um, and then Tornado Cash Tornado Cash Nova, second generation privacy protocol with the support of arbitrary accounts and shielded transfers. And I'm not really sure what all that is. I'm you see, this is my journey through the crypto space. I'm documenting it, and I'm kind of discovering this stuff. This is my time in the morning to do so as I go along. And, um, yeah, so a lot of times I'm looking at this stuff for the first time with you. So how Tornado Cash works. A user generates a random key note uh, in parentheses and deposits Ether or in ERC-20 along with submitting a hash of the note to the Tornado Cash smart contract. Okay. Uh, after depositing, users should wait some amount of time before withdrawing to improve their privacy. I guess the longer you put it through the little laundry machine, uh, the cleaner it gets. <laughs> so anyway, or the more encrypted it gets. I don't know. Uh, so And then you withdraw. The user submits a proof of having the valid key to one of the notes deposited and the contract transfers Ether or the ERC-20 to a specified recipient. Um, so how Tornado Cash achieves privacy. Tornado Cash improves transaction privacy by breaking the on-chain link between the source and destination address. It uses a smart contract that accepts Ethereum deposits that can be withdrawn by a different address. To preserve privacy, a relayer can be used to withdraw to an address with no Ethereum balance. Whenever Ethereum is withdrawn to the new address, there is no way to link the withdrawal to the deposit, ensuring complete privacy. 
Um, yeah, so I would encourage, it's completely decentralized. The Tornado Cash protocol is fully decentralized and owned by the community. Tornado Cash initial developers have no control over it and are not running any servers. So yeah, Tornado Cash smart contract circuits and tool chain are fully open sourced. Um, smart Tornado Cash smart contracts are unstoppable. There are no admins, no upgradability, nobody including Tornado Cash initial developers can change it or shut it down. So yeah, you can't shut down Tornado Cash just like you can't shut down Bitcoin. You can't shut down Ethereum. Um, so yeah, maybe like a full-blown EMP for a little while. I don't know. However, Bitcoin has like uh, Bitcoin satellites and people have done Bitcoin transactions through radio frequencies. So eh, I guess that, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, that, that, that takes power, I guess. I don't know. And then another point about Tornado Cash is um, user interface is hosted by the community on IPFS, Interplanetary File System, which is a decentralized way to do web serving. Uh, it's, it's very simplified way of explaining it, but um, it is accessible as long as at least one user in the world is hosting it. Right. So Tornado Cash governance and mining smart contracts are deployed by the community in a decentralized way. There is no single deployer. Um, so I've always wondered that I want to get into the technical aspects of on decentralized platforms, um, how updates are made, like who has access to be able to make the updated code that I still can't quite wrap my head around. But I mean, it is possible. I just am not smart enough to understand it yet. Um, yet I will. Um, so anyway, tornado uh, protocol parameters and token distribution are controlled via community via the by the community via governance. Okay. And then the trusted setup ceremony for ZK Snarks has 1,114 contributions. As long as at least one contribution is honest, the ZK Snark keys are secure. Now, the trusted ceremony, and I've tried to explain this before, it started with Zcash. And it's basically, the in a zero-knowledge proof, the initiator of the zero-knowledge proof. And the trusted setup is to be able to eliminate, I guess, the first actor on that. Um, and get rid of all the what's called the toxic waste. And so you eliminate the start of the, you eliminate the trailhead. Um, and a lot of people have had ceremonies where they burn hard drives and stuff like that. And yeah, they completely delete the trailhead out of, out of the rest of the zero knowledge proof system. And so you don't know where it starts and stuff like that. And you have no way to trace it back. Um, so I, I mean, that's obviously badly explained, but it's, Kind of the point just for somebody trying to understand the basic concept of, you know, uh, it's covering your tracks, basically, the trusted ceremony. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the, and then lastly, the Tornado Cash protocol is developed based on awesome open source research by the Zcash team with the help of uh, an amazing Ethereum community. And the Zcash team, the company behind Zcash is Electric Coin Company. Yeah, Electric Coin Company. And they're the ones um, uh, developing a lot of this type of technology. And uh, so it's good to see Zcash, you know, branching out and, you know, working with the Ethereum community, getting past a lot of this tribalism that you see going on and this maxiism. Um, so, yeah. Um, so they have their product, their governance, anonymity mining. So you can mine Tornado Cash um, in an anonymous way. Uh, compliance, trusted setup ceremony and initiation. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I'm out of time. Um I also wanted to go into Bitcoin's Paynim and uh, into the Samurai wallet and to a, a lot of that stuff on the Bitcoin side of things. Um, there's a whole lot to learn there as well. 
I obviously only touched on the surface. A lot of the stuff, it's what I do. Uh, sometimes I'll try to go deep down and technical to the limits of my understanding. Um, but yeah, there are plenty of resources. You can do that. I constantly dig through white papers, but I don't a lot of times read all the formulas within the white papers and the technical nitty gritty. I will read the abstract and the intro and then the conclusion and then a bunch of points in between. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you do what you can do, man. You know, I work 40 hours a week at my job too. So, you know, this is my time, like I said, to, to kind of dig in and get dirty with this stuff and, and I'm, I'm doing it publicly. So, yeah. All right. Well, that being said, uh, give me a thumbs up and a follow if you like what, uh, you know, what a, my style or what, a, how I'm doing this stuff. You know, we're all learning here. Um, and, uh, anybody that tells you that they're pro at this stuff, um, is probably lying um, or, you know, or, or they're probably a scammer, you know? So I got hit up by a pretty clever scammer yesterday, um, uh, about an NFT drop. And I'll probably show you the guys that that's the screenshots of that tomorrow. Um, so yeah. And, and then once he started asking me for my private key and my seed phrase, I was just like, <laughs> you ain't getting that crap. <laughs> You're pretty smart. Yeah. You thought you could pull one over on me, didn't you? Uh, anyway, I will talk to you guys later. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically. If you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. If you would like to donate some stablecoin or Ethereum, please feel free to send it to EurekaJohn.crypto or EurekaJohn.eth. This will help with the gas costs for all these protocols that I mess around with. Because that gas adds up and I ain't rich. Yet. Thanks again. Thank you.